May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. If I were to give this sermon a title, I would call it Staying Faithful After Losing Your Faith. The book of Ecclesiastes is one of the lesser read books in the Bible. Singer and songwriter Pete Sager wrote a song that was later popularized by the band The Birds. It was the hit song, Turn, Turn, Turn. Those of us who are old enough to remember, the song lyrics were taken from the book of Ecclesiastes. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to weep. The popular quote, Eat, Drink, and Marry, also comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, and that's pretty much the extent of our knowledge on the book of Ecclesiastes. I find this to be a fascinating book, however. This book is the antithesis of the book of Proverbs. Both of them are wisdom books. Proverbs stresses wisdom, and it's idealistic in its approach. It says things like seek wisdom, avoid foolishness, do good things, good things will happen, do bad things, and bad things will happen. It's pretty straightforward. However, the writer of Ecclesiastes doesn't allow these ideas to go unchecked. This writer recognizes that although there are times when good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, all too often in reality, we see the opposite. In today's scripture, we see an example of the harsh reality of oppression. What took place thousands of years ago in ancient Palestine is not much different what takes place today. Far too often we see the tears of the oppressed flow freely, while the powers of the oppressed seem to be omnipotent and all-powerful. I worked as a chaplain for two years when I was in New York, and this experience had a profound effect on my faith. I would visit people who were dying from cancer, praying for miracles that never came. I would visit patients who were in the psych ward who were intellectually amazing and spiritually grounded. However, they were considered mentally insane. And when I would go to fetal demises or what we call miscarriages, I couldn't understand why God would allow some pregnancies to go through their second or third trimester, or even worse, a baby born stillborn. I remember that there was a visit that I had uh, that still haunts me to this day. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning and I got a page to report to a code in the emergency room. When I got there, the nurse informed me that there was a young lady who was by herself and she had just been in a car accident with her fiancé. The car skid. It was raining that night, so the car skid and hydroplaned into the back of a tractor trailer and her fiancé was killed instantly. He was actually decapitated. And to make matters worse, the nurse let me know that she was pregnant. So I stood outside of the curtain, tried to gather my composure, and I didn't really have any words to say. I just wanted to be present. And when I went behind the curtain, I saw her shaking, and it was like she was trying to forget what she saw. And I just sat with her that night. I don't remember anything I said. I don't even know if it was helpful, but I just know that she needed to have somebody there with her. I share that story to say that there are experiences like these that uh, people have, especially during this time of pandemic, and 
countless hardships that people go through that we don't really have answers. It forces us to question all the things that we believe about life, about humanity, and yes, even about God. The message translation of the Bible reads, I turned my attention to all the outrageous violence that takes place on this planet, the tears of the victims, no one to comfort them. Ecclesiastes was written around the time of the fall of the Persian Empire when the Greeks, led by Alexander the Great, conquered them. But Persia had already begun to fall way before the Greeks came. Historians point out that the decline of the Persian Empire can be traced to several factors. Poor leadership, conspiracies, greedy rulers, economic instability, and revolts. Sounds kind of familiar. This was the setting in which the writer wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. I find it funny that I have atheists and agnostic friends who say that we are living in the time of the fall of the American empire. Others say it's the decline of civilization. And even Christian friends of mine, some of them say we're living in the end times. Really, all of them saying the same thing in different ways. Yet, many people are still holding on to optimism hoping that what we're seeing right now is simply a glitch in American history, that with the election of some competent leaders, a little bit of luck, providence, and perseverance, things will eventually get better. Yet, if we look at the broad scope of history, millions upon millions of years of evolution and thousands upon thousands of years since the dawn of civilization in ancient Egypt, then we will recognize that this is the first time in humanity where man has not only the potential to destroy humanity, but in some insane way seems to be pursuing our own destruction. Tech scientists are pushing the envelope of mixing consciousness with artificial intelligence as we become more and more dependent on technology. Billionaires are more interested in colonizing space than investing in our home planet. People turn a blind eye to the realities of climate change and nuclear weapons still abound in an ever-increasing world of authoritarian dictators. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, I accounted the dead happy because they were already dead, happier than the living who still has to live. He goes on to say that the only person happier than the dead or the living are those yet unborn, who have not witnessed the wicked deeds done under the sun. This could be a whole sermon on pro-life and pro-choice, which I digress. But yet this is not an Edgar Allan poem or some sort of Shakespearean sonnet. This is in the Bible. The writer of Ecclesiastes is breaking away from the other wisdom books such as Psalms and Proverbs. He's being critical of the human experience and shows that there are limitations to knowing God, no matter how much knowledge and wisdom we have. The Eastern tradition of Taoism might say that those who speak of the Tao do not know the Tao, those who know do not speak. Or even in the book of Isaiah, the prophet says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord of hosts. This global pandemic has significantly altered our way of life, and the church has responded primarily in one of two ways. Either it declares that God has sent this plague upon us to straighten us out because of our wicked ways, or it reduces COVID-19 to only being a virus that has nothing to do with God. 
hence reducing their theological outlook to deism, a creator who is so distant from what he created that it renders him useless. In the face of such complex existential dilemmas, the only appropriate response is perhaps silence. However, the good news is that we do not have to wait in silence alone as we wait for the virus to eventually pass and a vaccine to be found, as we wait to see how we'll be able to survive financially, as we wait for the outcome of the upcoming election, and as we wait for God to show us the way, I encourage us not to wait alone. Whether it's Richmond Hill or a church or faith-based institution or some other community, now is the time to surround ourselves with spiritual people who are healthy, it's very easy to succumb to addiction and depression, anxiety and cynicism. I know because I suffered from all of these things in one way or another during the past summer. However, the writer of Ecclesiastes is not a cynic or a pessimist. He's a realist and he understands that during the fall of Persia, it was a time to trust in God more and rely on human wisdom less. We will learn our limitations as humans one way or another. But in the meantime, let the words of the writer and priest Henry Nouwen encourage us. He says the Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us, helping us live with courage, trusting that there is a spiritual power in us when we are together that allows us to live in this world without surrendering to the powerful forces seducing us towards despair. Please know that you can find a community here with us at Richmond Hill as we stay faithful to one another and stay faithful to God. Whatever you do, just don't do it by yourself. Amen.